Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Taylor Glenn, and I'm a writer and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. As well as author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. This is where beer meets breaking and entering, Prosecco meets perjury, and vodka meets vandalism. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime... Palm, you're going to know this. Men and women drink water. Boy, do I know my historical unhappy marriages. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah George, you're very quiet. What's going through that curly-haired brain of yours? (laughs) 30 years of experience, that was. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time. Drunk Women Solving Crime. Hello and welcome to Drunk Women Solving Crime. Now, our guest for this episode 
has had such a fascinating life and career story that honestly, it deserves a podcast in and of itself. I'm just saying, but I will try to sum her up with, she is the former chief superintendent of the Metropolitan Police. She's a crime analyst, a broadcaster and author amongst other things. She recently appeared on the Channel 4 series, Murder Island, and she has written a book about her experiences working for the Met, which we will definitely discuss at the end. But I'm so pleased to introduce Parm Sandhu. Oh my gosh, I didn't expect to clap. Thank you so much for having me on. We really are excited to have somebody who actually knows what the fuck they're doing because this oh. is probably the first. I think Palmy might learn a thing or two from us. <laughs> if nothing else, I'll learn the swear words that I've never learned before. <laughs> I don't know if we have any new ones we can dazzle you with after your career. I'm sure you've heard it all, but we'll try. We will try. Now, we're going to get into a crime case, obviously, in a bit, but we always kick off with this question, which is, have you, Parm, ever been the victim of a crime? Unfortunately, I have, and it still pains me to this day. I still feel incredible pain from the the crime that was committed against me. And if I may share that with you... Yes, um, yes. I live in a really lovely little market town just outside London and um, where I live, your mobile phone is safe, your car is safe, your house is safe, but what isn't safe is your evergreens. So I moved in and if I may explain, I moved in, old house, rickety old house and little fence at the front and everything and I planted a hedge and guess what happened? No. I planted it in the afternoon and the next morning... I went to bed that evening. Next morning, I got up, I opened my curtains, and my hedge is gone. No. It's gone. What? Somebody turned up in the night with a shovel and Whoa. something. And I ha- there was about 20 plants in a row, all in the ground, planted everything. <gasps> they weren't even in pots. They were in the ground. What? So my hedge lasted less than 24 hours. <laughs> And you know the worst thing the worst thing about it was that um a couple of days later they they had a crime spree in my town and they nicked the butcher's hanging baskets as well. <gasps> oh How bad my is that? Goodness. Wow, mm. What is going on with this? I have so no many questions. Oh my gosh. I have so many questions I don't know where to start. We now know that there is a hedge theft capital epidemic of the UK. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, I I didn't get my hedge back. You didn't get it back. And somebody has got my hedges. This was a couple of years ago, and they've probably got a beautiful hedge in their garden (laughs) with the butchers hanging baskets still there. Yeah. And I want to know, I want to know, I want my hedge back. Yeah. Is it weird that I'm I'm picturing the butchers hanging baskets just full of meat? Just like (laughs) absolutely, there's chops in there, there's sausages. I mean, I'd nick that, to be fair, if that was hanging outside all night. But But that's crazy. But would you nick my hedge? That's the question. Are you... (laughs) Are you the perpetrator? What? Yeah. I mean, if you don't mind me asking, how much is a hedge? Because she hasn't denied it. She hasn't denied it. Let's start with that. Well, yeah, Hannah, Hannah really uh, Hannah, avoided the question. My hedge still had the little price tags on it because what oh. happened was I had wasted, and I feel like it had been a wasted day. I wasted a whole day in the garden centre. It cost me a fortune because oh. I had to pay for my coffee, my lunch. <laughs> it took, and then and they serve wine in there, so I had a couple of glasses as well. Wine, chose this hedge, and I don't know. I think the plants were about fifteen pounds a, he- a each. Okay, fifteen okay. pounds a head. 
Um, and there, there, there might, there must have been about twenty, and I had to measure, and I had to get a measuring tape and measure okay. the little things and measure how yeah. deep you dig down and put it's them a lot in. Of re- work. I mean, oh, when you when you add all that up, which is impossible, <laughs> maths is impossible. It's just impossible, but. It's it's the effort as well that because I'm not yeah. a gardener and when I've had to do anything in a garden, I just find it impossible. <laughs> just like math. I don't do gardens. I don't do math. What do I do? <laughs> Nothing. Um, just the effort of doing that and then just to, what yeah. do they do with it? Is there a black market for hedges? I don't understand what well, you do once this, you've taken. Yeah, because like if it was a rare, you know, like some types of plants are quite expensive but that sounds like it was like not so special that they couldn't have gone to the garden center well I, a... I reported it to the the local police officer. oh that was oh. what i wondered you did mm, i did excellent and this um little old guy came around and he ate my biscuits so no there. he ate my biscuits he drank my tea and then he said um well next time when you replant your hedge why don't you plant a hedge with like thorns in it? And I said, oh it did God. have thorns in it and they still took it. That oh, wasn't so his, that wasn't his suggestion. His advice is... was that because there's a theft, there's a crime spree in the area and your plants are no longer safe, we suggest that you, you know, plant ones with thorns in it. And it's like little red berries and I still remember it because I haven't got a hedge now. I haven't replaced it. <laughs> so if anybody can find my hedge for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is. But saying that, isn't that sort of the plant equivalent of saying, like, maybe you shouldn't have been wearing that skirt? Because that or just like, feels hey, like if you, if you plant don't trust that guy, just flag, flag down a bus driver. <laughs> well, Honestly. If there had been a bus driver going past, I would have said, have you seen my hedge? But <laughs> Now, you're in the middle of the countryside. There's one every eight hours. Like, that's not going to work for you. Oh, it's pre-booked bus only. You have to pre-book it. It's not no. one of those buses that comes by itself. Oh, wow. And if it's not pre-booked, it doesn't come up the road. That's a taxi. Like, that's not a fucking bus. It's big and yellow. <laughs> it's a carpool, yeah. Like, oh, wow. Man. I can't believe that. The old dust. And you didn't, hear, you didn't hear a thing because they'd have to have had, I guess, spades, maybe a, a van. And it, it would have to... taken them, a, a, you know, time to get all of those plants out. Yeah. And they would have had to, and their car would have got dirty. So, so they yeah. could have, should have been able to trail, you know, follow the little trail of dirt. Is it like, I'm fascinated by it because it feels like it's perhaps not money motivated. So then is it like kids and pranks or is it like somebody kids was hurt by somebody? In. No, but, no. you know, maybe somebody who loves plants hurt somebody and now they're going to hurt all the people that like plants. <laughs> like what? Like what even is this? It's Here's insane. the thing. When we drive to Wales to visit my mother-in-law, there's a very dodgy guy by the side of the road. I couldn't tell you the road. I'm not great with roads. I could tell you everything around it. There's a pizza hut. Does that help? (laughs) But he just sort of sits there and he's plants and he has handwritten, you know, prices on them. And I'm just wondering, was it somebody like that? Probably not that exact guy. But maybe there really is like a counterfeit plant business because who's to stop you from setting up shop on the road and just inflating the prices and charging dare i say it 30 pounds a hedge <laughs> is this possibly what happened oh, wait, have you seen it's... people buying from this man uh no because we're always flying past to be okay. fair but yeah i think people buy people okay. buy from all sorts of roadside and people. i have to make it clear it's not 30 pounds a hedge it's per plant yeah so it's so you have 20 plants to make so, a hedge yeah to make a hedge so somebody <laughs> has got a really pretty hedge in their garden or somewhere 
And it's mine. <laughs> it belongs to me. You know, we recently had someone who had a bit of like turf stolen that they got just to give their oh, kids yeah. during lockdown a little bit of grass and somebody stole that. And I'm really losing my faith in humanity that even plants aren't safe. Even it's the just butcher's too much. plants aren't safe. The butcher's knives yeah. in there. So if, you, if you're willing to go and take his hanging baskets, yeah. there's no hope for the rest of us. Did yeah. you like him? Did you think, you know, obviously using all your skills, did you just think, I'm going <laughs> to hunt this guy down? Or were you just like, I need to sort of integrate into the area as like a new person. <laughs> I'm not going to go well, full vigilante. Well, what I did do was I did go and, you know, have a look over the, the walls of, at a few houses nearby. <laughs> and I may have just walked up and down the street just to, just to see if anybody had acquired a new hedge recently yeah. or if there were any marks mm. but um didn't find anything didn't okay. find anything at all still got mm. a gap still waiting still got the gap <laughs> it's got to be a rival villager right who resents the flora and fauna in this lovely village do you know what it could be as well because i remember watching this thing it was about it was about a guy who was a um a hoarder he lives in the middle of this village and they have like it's kind of like a springvale in bloom kind of thing so they're like the most beautiful thing and then his house is kind of a bit horrible and they all resent him for the fact that he doesn't do his garden and stuff Um, and i don't know whether that you have to find out if there's an in bloom competition in your village because they might not be like oh they were trying to take you out before you won the best hedge competition yeah, or maybe they're like, that hedge, is, it's not sort of like, it's not protocol, it's not what we use for the in bloom. So instead of just talking to you about it, we're going to steal it in the middle of the night. <laughs> wow. That's, that's one theory. <laughs> that's an interesting theory. All I can say is sometimes we get a super, super, super British crime, and this is up there. Like, this just feels really British. <laughs> stolen hedge we've never had this so thank you i know it must have been hard to share we're sorry for your loss and for the gap i hope that someday you can fill that gap i still feel that pain every time i open my curtains and i look out and there's that big gap and that gap can never be fulfilled (laughs) well i hope this brings some closure because we always ask once you've shared this if you had the perpetrator in front of you what would you ask or say or do? I would ask him to put my hedge back, to dig those holes and put my hedge back. Yeah, That's all fair. I want, just my hedge back, nothing more. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Do you know what? That, although, like, part of me is thinking, like, it is a nice excuse to go back to that, that um, garden so, centre that oh, serves wine. With all the yeah. booze, yeah. I'm it obsessed really with nice. this place. <laughs> Oh my God. There, she bakes cakes, like oh, homemade lovely. cakes. Oh, nice. And, um, so it's really, really nice. It's one of those where you could go in the morning and you could still be there in the afternoon or early evening. Oh, new theory. <laughs> what if it's her? She wants repeat custom. She just like, yeah, you can have a hedge. I'll steal it. And then you've got to come back and buy loads of <laughs> sweet cakes from me again. Ooh. Oh, wait, Palmer, were you so drunk? You never bought a hedge. <laughs> 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 no, I did. I did. I even broke a couple of nails when I was digging the little holes oh, and everything. Oh, and putting right. all the manure and oh you know, my gosh. composty yeah. stuffy thing in there. The oh. big bags. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This was thanks for taking us on the journey because this is just a very unique crime and i'm i've still got more questions but we have but one hour um so thank you i'm dying to know what the motivation was behind this though 
In fact, write in and tell us what you think yeah. the motivation was, because we want to hear your theories on this. Why yeah. would you steal a hedge comprised yeah. of 20 plants? Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Now, are we ready to um, crack this case wide open? Yes. I've chosen a proper cold case from history because I thought this might be our only chance to actually solve With something. a proper detective. Yeah. yeah absolutely. No pressure palm, but... Um, <laughs> I couldn't well, even get my hedge back. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, that's like poker, you know, she's bluffing us and then she's going to have all the stuff. She's lost her touch. She, she lost her hedge. She can't do it anymore. Um, but also the way we unravel cases is like totally random and silly so yeah there's absolutely no pressure uh please again chime in with answers but also just witty remarks guys and by (laughs) that i mean dick jokes let's be honest (laughs) let's not pretend we're something we're not um here we go our case is from 1876 and it takes us to Balham, London, which at that time was an idyllic village, uh, but mm. now has a Sainsbury superstore. So things change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the victim of our case goes to bed on the night of April 21st, 1876, rubs laudanum, which is basically morphine, on their gums, takes a drink of water from the bedside table, and becomes fatally ill. Although in a great deal of pain, they remain strangely calm, and three days later, they're dead. First question, do you think this was a man or a woman? Mm, Laudanum on their gums. Now, men have gums, and women have gums. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) if it was a man, would the woman be doing the rubbing? Ooh, yeah. Is laudanum restricted? Was that more... Because, like, today, like, even now, like, men get given more painkillers in hospitals than women and stuff. If that was restricted and then that's like, hey, this will help you, maybe it's a man. But then if they didn't care, maybe a woman can get laudanum. I have no way of knowing. (laughs) Well, to be fair, it's not that I've given you details that would allow you to guess this, but I just wanted to see where your logic went with it. Um, Hannah, what are your thoughts? Well, it's interesting because you say that they sort of were in a great deal of pain, but were quite calm and lasted for three days. That's the laudanum though, right? Keeping them zen. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, does it? Does morphine keep you chill? (laughs) But would it take three days to kill you? Well, someone's messed with it, right? That's my next guess. It's not yeah. pure laudanum. And someone's... also it's the sip of water as well is making me think, was that oh, what was poison? Yes. But, Palm, yes. you're going to know this, men and women drink water. Mm. You know they have gums. Do and they? we know they drink water. Well, I will tell you, <laughs> it was a man. Okay. And mm. this is a pretty well-known case, uh, although I had never heard of it, so make of that what you will. It's the case of Charles Bravo, a.k.a. the Balam Mystery, uh, which has led to over 100 years of speculation about whether this was a suicide, a murder, or just an accident. Okay. So a little bit of background. Charles Bravo was born in St. Pancras. He attended Oxford, where he studied to become a barrister. Charles was well off financially when he married his wife, Florence. Uh, Next question. What do you think Florence's financial status was? Women didn't have money in those days. Yeah. Because they were allowed to have bank accounts. Wasn't it like all that suffragette stuff? Yeah. They're trying to get equal rights. Yeah. 
But then I guess if she had a father who had money and she was there was no brother, then she could be set to inherit. And if she wasn't married, then so maybe she comes from wealth and she hasn't got any brothers. Um, <laughs> so she might be like, because that, that makes sense, right, to kind I of know. go Hannah, on. Did her brothers also have this laudanum gum infection type <laughs> issue? Oh, OK. Well, this is the thing, so isn't no it? No brothers. No brothers. But why? Were yeah. there, are there any live brothers is my uh, question <laughs> or she might have a sweet dowry coming through okay so really your question is did he marry for love right if she's not got any money maybe he loves her but if she has got money maybe he had to marry her because he's all money also i'm trying to work out if like when you rub something on your gums <laughs> is that because you haven't got any teeth or is it because you can just <laughs> access your gums despite having teeth I promise that question will be answered in due time. <laughs> oh. I'm going to say that Florence is less rich than him. Okay. I'm going to go with Florence was very rich and he married her for the money. Because okay. she was allowed to own it. So daddy would have given her away with yeah. the, as a chattel with the money. Okay. I'm going to say they had exactly the same amount of money. <laughs> To the penny. It was weird, and they were like, "We've got to be together." Like we've got like... so much in common. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Well, Parm, you are correct. She was a very wealthy woman. Yay! Thirty this... years of experience. That was. <laughs> Finally, paying off. Finally, <laughs> earned your salt. Finally. Um, <laughs> It's an unusual situation in that she's she's very wealthy. I, I actually don't know about the brothers and whether um, that's an interesting question. You would assume that maybe she's inherited it. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure she I mean, inherited it. Super she wealthy. They can share it among all the siblings. It's fine. Well, they here's what what's unusual in, in that it doesn't come up much in these cases she had arranged from the start to hold on to her money so that charles would have no access to it and the only reason she was allowed to do that was because of the very recent married women's property act of 1870 which katie i feel like we tackled this in uh, one of the cases you did yeah because there was a few laws that got passed yeah over that century due to people protesting and stuff to try Earlier and make things than i ever knew safer um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, so it was kind of the Victorian equivalent of a prenup that we've got going on. So this is sort of the setup. Um, Florence huh. had also been married before to an MP, but she left him. My question to you is, what do you think her reasons were for leaving him? She was an MP in the Victorian days. Yeah. Oh, did they have female MPs? I literally... No, I just, no, no, she was no, married no, she to an was MP. Married. Oh, I was like, wait, what the fuck? That's crazy. Like, they can own houses, they can be MPs. Maybe stuff wasn't so bad for women back in the... Or maybe... Hannah isn't fucking listening. So, um, right, so she'd married she'd married a man who was an MP, rightly, and um, okay. What's uh, going on? It's quite all right. It's it's like I'm seeing myself in you, Hannah. It's great. I'm usually the one that doesn't pay attention. I'm like, what? <laughs> They're out to see what he um he voted to overturn the sleaze laws, and that was too much. That's gonna only gonna be topical today. By the time this comes out, everyone's gonna be like, no one's talking about that anymore. <laughs> I love it. We should always say the date of when. What is it? The fourth of yeah. November. We should. Fourth of that November. Is really topical stuff. <laughs> Very topical. Well done. Very short shelf life. Unless something else terrible will have happened by then. So the question was, why, <laughs> why did, did she leave? Why did she leave this MP? Why would she leave this marriage? Maybe he was beating her. 
Okay. Any um, advance? Oh, oh, sorry. Wait, I've got another guess, but I can't just keep talking over everyone. Go for it. <laughs> maybe he was having an affair because there was also a thing where if you could prove someone was adulterous you could get divorces and stuff katie i can't help it you're doubly right he was violent <gasps> wow he oh, drank wow. too much related Ooh. to the violence uh but he was having affairs as well so you nailed it on both counts huh. well wow boy do i know my historical unhappy marriages <laughs> I mean, there's a fun book in that, isn't there? Um, Charles and Florence meet, they get married, and because it's history, we know that she was, quote, attractive and voluptuous, and we have no idea what he looked like. So. Except he might not have any teeth. We don't know. It's exciting. Mm. There's, a, there's a question mark on the gums and the teeth. Uh, yeah, so you'll just have to picture for yourself what a Victorian barrister might have looked like. Yum, yum. Now, Florence was engaging in some very scandalous behavior right as she and Charles were getting married and moving in together. And the press actually caught wind of this and it made the papers. What do you think Florence was up to? Um, she used a checkbook. <laughs> she wore a short skirt. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it could be what she I mean, yeah. uh, is it is it the... the- time of the suffragettes at this point um was she in any sort of political because if she's married Uh, to an mp you kind of think that maybe she has an interest in politics perhaps and because she's got a prenup she owns her own property you know she and she also she got she got a divorce and it sounds mm -hmm. as though she's a woman who kind of you know maybe was getting herself involved in something that's like protests and stuff if that's great but i'm not gonna let it slide that you said prenup I'm pretty sure you did. And we, uh, as you know, we can't let it slide if somebody, you know, messes up a word because I instantly pictured the Muppets and like a prenup agreement. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, interesting. Yeah. Interesting guess there. Any other thoughts? It's kind of sad that anything could be a scandal. Like you could say mm. anything. <laughs> it's credible. I reckon um, she was a suffragette wearing a short skirt, chaining herself to someone <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna do the double. Or maybe she, you know, disregarded some kind of class rule or something. Or maybe she like she hung around with whoever she wanted, or she she cleaned her own kitchen or something. I don't do that. (laughs) I don't either. But then nobody else does it for me, so I don't know where that puts me. I just have a a really dirty house. Um, It's a little bit more pedestrian than all the suggestions, actually. She was having an affair. Oh! The affair was with a man called Dr. Gully, who was 40 years her senior, so he was in his 70s. Um, And they had not only been caught in the act, in tooting, I should say. Whoa. In fact, my source said, on a sofa in tooting. And I was like, that is wow. kind of Shout beautifully out specific. To tooting. So <laughs> as an MP, a doctor, and a barrister. Yeah. She has a type. Mm, it's very not- classy. Very classy. <laughs> yeah. She, she's getting a taste of everything. Can we blame her? On what a- she wants is to get with a stand-up comedian. That's always oh, Hang point. on, hang on. So the second guy was a doctor. Laudanum doctor. Ooh. Third guy, gum, no gums, <laughs> no gums, but loads of laudanum. 
Yeah. That's interesting because she was she presumably, she, so she was having the affair before she got married, but then she did yeah. get married. Got married, but then still wanted to be with the old guy, the 40 years older than her. Yeah. yeah. This is very interesting. And I've literally researched the whole case and I hadn't thought of that. So that's very interesting. <laughs> She's got access. And you what? say this is a cold yeah. case, like we're smashing this wide open. Yeah. Mot- mot- motive, access, method. Why didn't she marry the doctor? He's probably married. Oh, he's probably She's married. having an affair. Yeah, I'm pretty sure right. he was married as well. Okay. Um, interesting question, because I'm not sure. Hmm. Other than him being married, but he could have left his wife, presumably. I, but yeah. um, it was an affair, and that's all that it was. I, um, love, I love the idea that she's got this bucket list of all the types of men, and then it is comedian <laughs> next. <laughs> and that comes going to be a, a, a pilot. Pilot, yes. gonna go with pilot next. She can't herself. do that till 1910. <laughs> <laughs> she'll it, wait. 18, she'll hold 17. out. Okay, she'll hold out for the pilot. Yeah, there are um, people jumping off cliffs with parachutes and stuff. Actually, no, that's not true. They had hot air balloons, didn't they? Sorry, continue. I love that you've gone like maybe not a pilot, maybe just a nutter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> two different things. But what's a driver of a hot air balloon called? Isn't he a pilot? That's yes, right. So there are pilots. So, Hot yeah. air balloon type person. Yeah, Palm is right. I take it back. If I met someone who runs a hot air balloon and calls himself a pilot, there there would be jibes, my friend. Like, I couldn't. Come on. I'm a pilot. Oh, home. really? What do you fly? Commercial? You know, Air yeah, Force? It's commercial. Hot air you balloon. pay him to get in that balloon. Do you yeah, I wouldn't call- say it if I'm about to get on the balloon. I'd say it when I'm done. And then I'd rip him a new one. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry I have to segue into a bit of darker detail after we've been so jolly, Um, but she actually becomes pregnant with Dr. Gully's child, and he performs an abortion on her. This this is important information for later, potentially. So Charles and Florence move into this big old mansion in Balham with all this going on in the background. Do we know if Charles knows about that? Well, about yeah, the pregnancy it's all and the, or the abortion. Oh, what everyone knows about. It's all in the papers. Like, this is all How public. How do the papers know gossip. about the abortion? Or it's just, hey, they're just guessing. That's a good question, too. I don't know, but it was definitely documented in the press. Wow. So either she told him or he told him. Oh, the wife. How about the doctor's wife she found out? Ooh. And then to discredit her, goes to the press. Yeah. And then so says, glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> really am, because I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> we're making it up. Isn't that, isn't that what you do? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it 100% is. <laughs> if, you were, if you weren't here, we'd have done 20 minutes on hot air balloons. So thank God. Thank you. <laughs> and, it, and, like, and also, because we're like, we just go with our guts and we'll just like take against someone. And having watched the TV show, you know, it's like, don't just write your own story. Like, look at the facts, be sensible. And we're like, yeah. never, we never do that. We're like, that guy sounds like a dick. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm all about writing the story. But um <laughs> Yeah, when I can't put two and two together, I'm just like, Katie, I don't know. But we but actually have somebody here who's like, well, let's think it through and maybe we can come yeah. up with an option. So I think go. that is a good, that's a good thing that, that, that it could be, yeah, his wife could have, because there's presumably only a limited number of people that would know about that. Yeah, I don't know why I've, I've said that again as a, I feel like that was my idea, actually, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you're, um, you're like you're like a man in a writer's room. <laughs> yeah, I'm a male detective. We could turn this into a book. <laughs> <laughs> Charles and Florence move into this big old mansion in Balham. It's called the Priory. 
Uh, so they've got all this going on in the background, as I said. How was their marriage described? Well, not favourably by this press. I reckon he's gay and he married her just to get... You know, like in those days, they used to marry just to so people would think... Yeah. Oh, interesting. There's pressure. Because yeah. it's an interesting Societal. point about why he would why he would go on to continue to yes. marry her. Like how buxom was she? Did we say she was buxom in the um? What was she's, the description? Yeah, she's, she's very she's very attractive. <laughs> she's a big yeah. scandal. There's a lot. There's so much information on this case. There are long descriptions of like she was a real man eater. She was gorgeous. She really knew how to play them. You know, like copious <laughs> do you think maybe he really loved her and he didn't care about the scandals don't know it's an interesting thing to put out there i will tell you when the police looked into it and interviewed people it revealed that charles's behavior towards florence even for the time when this was pretty commonplace was controlling mean violent oh, and bullying no. Uh, one of the issues between them is that he wanted children and he was trying to pressure Florence into having them and she did not want children having suffered several miscarriages as well as what was probably a horrific experience with the doctor Um, plus from the very start of their marriage Florence had become chronically ill and the cause of this was unknown so just for a little bit of late relief from the trauma, again, the building where the coroner's inquest took place still stands in Balham. Any guesses what that building is today? The Bedford in Balham where they do comedy. It literally is. <laughs> no way! <laughs> That's like the only place I know in Balham apart from Sainsbury's. <laughs> Same. Yeah, it is. And I had no idea Fucking about hell. the history of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's um for those who don't know it, it's a it's a bar, restaurant and performance venue. So there's, there's live loads music of floors. They do dance lessons. Yeah. There's it's a lot of rooms. I thought you meant like loads of floors as floors as in there's lots wrong with the comedy night. Uh. The mic doesn't work, the lighting is bad. Wow. How long into their marriage do you think Charles died? Two years. Okay. I'm going to go six months. I'm going there. If this is, which sounds like it could be potentially a, a poisoning. Although you did say that they, he wanted to have children. She didn't and that they'd sort of maybe tried. So maybe a bit longer. I'm going to go a year. So Kate to you. I'm going a year. Okay. I'm going to go longer. If I've had a few miscarriages, she's been chronically Ooh, ill. Yeah. And the pressure. And Remember the she was married before oh the miscarriages, so the miscarriages were not one. necessarily with charles second guy was the doctor who gave her an abortion yeah and yeah this is the third guy that she's married who wants to have kids kids yeah. and she but, doesn't and she's still traumatized Correct. from all of this other stuff so we've got two years four months Pardon, what did you say or do you want to switch what you said she said longer i'm gonna go a year because i've changed it now because of the miscarriages might be with the other guy yeah okay so so hannah's six hannah's gone back six months oh oh what was it it was four months wow okay okay and now a dramatic winter poem in the style of dylan thomas for our new patrons Sat wishing winter be gone in a hurry, but a smile is brought to my face by Scarlet Murray. Lonely and cold as I watch Jimmy Fallon. That's not a patron, but we have Sarah Allen. I want these grey days to end, to flee. But you know who cheers me up? Tony D. 
but it doesn't end there. Oh, no, my fine friend. We've also got Detective Down Under, Madeleine. The frozen chambers of my heart start to thaw. As I see yet another patron, it's Carrie Blackshaw. There can't be too many. No, I confess my happiness just increases with lovely Kate Crenness. We love every name. We're really not picky. But sometimes there's a favourite like Naomi Wiki. Seriously, that's a great name. The support you all show better than caviar from Beluga. Thank you so much, Hinata Huga. And finally... Till next you warm our hearts, we thank you. And let us not forget surname initial H, first name Lou. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So I'm going to go over the night of the death a little bit more. Um, On the night that Charles became ill, the reason that he rubbed laudanum on his gums, that's the question on all of our lips, is that this was was the done thing at the time for toothache because there just wasn't really any other option other than pulling teeth out. So it was, let's rub morphine. He probably needed a root canal and he's doing this. Probably. And you can imagine that the amount starts increasing you know who knows what he was well, up to but what this he was... needs is antibiotics as well but Possibly. instead he's just taking morphine that is a short-term solution didn't they used to use pliers and just pull them out they used to yeah. pull all out didn't they and they used to get like leeches and make you bleed and all that kind of stuff yeah and that was in the days of like prehistoric medicine yeah of course so, you'd like avoid that... the dentist wouldn't you yeah, oh my god surely i have am... just wrenched it out yeah, and I don't know if there was possibly a class difference that if you didn't have any money, you'd probably just have to go get it yanked out. But if you have access to laudanum, you can why oh not God. be rubbing some, you know, opium on your gums? If I ever start writing a gratitude journal, I'm going to write down that we have dentists. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing to be grateful for. I have um, a theoretical gratitude that, journal. I'm, I'm terrified of a dentist. <laughs> So Florence, on this evening, they had had dinner, but Florence had excused herself from dinner early on, complaining that she didn't feel well, which was very commonplace for her. And just a note that Charles and Florence slept in different bedrooms. Charles had taken a drink of water from his bedside table and had subsequently become very ill for three days. As I said, he did go to hospital for treatment. What do you think the cause of death was? Well, you don't die from toothache, do you? Well, you do if it's an infection that could have, you know, needed antibiotics, but instead you've been poisoned by whatever the bacteria is. That's a fair point, actually. Yeah. It's not correct. 
but it's a fair <laughs> point. <laughs> okay, I've got a theory. Okay. okay. I, I reckon that, okay, he survived for three days, had the drink of water, water and then he fell out of bed. Ooh, and just hit his head or something. He fell out of bed, hit his head, that's it, that's the end. Wouldn't yeah. that be a little twist that it was just a head injury after all this? <laughs> I like okay. it. So I like it. Did, did, did so he die? Everybody else's. <laughs> what, yeah. did, did he die in hospital or did he come back? He home did. To, and he died in hospital. He dies in hospital. Yeah. So it could be the hospital's fault. Hannah George, you're very quiet. What's going through <laughs> that well, curly thinking... haired brain of yours? <laughs> I'm thinking, like, with a lot of these cases, is it's either, like, strychnine or um, arsenic or, you know, one of the um, one of your big poisons. But I kind of feel like if if it is, if they do find that in his bloodstream, I feel as though there might be a, a way that they'd actually found out who did it. Because this is a cold case, right? We don't actually know who's done it to him. Yeah. But, like, what Palm said earlier about the fact that she was also dating a doctor, you know... So, because I was thinking that often you, you, you had to sign for it at the chemist, didn't and you? It can, but she can get a prescription, yeah. Yeah, or she could get it sort of like off the books. Um, but I, So I'm going to go for strychnine knowing that it's probably not true. Well, you're the closest, Hannah, because it was poison. It's one that I don't think we've had on here before. Um, it's antimony. Have you heard of antimony? No. It sounds I like the was, payment you he... have to give to your ex, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> Instead of alimony. <laughs> antimony Costa was in uh, blue, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so antimony, which I think there's a British, it's a centrifugal versus centrifugal thing. So yes, I think you guys would say it a little differently, but I say antimony. So let's go with it. Um, it's a chemical element that's found in nature in the form of a mineral. It's very pretty. It's really silvery and like hmm, spiky, but it's it, it, you know, like arsenic, it was used in medicine for a long time because they didn't really know what was going on and what effects they were even going for. In small right. doses, it causes heart and lung problems, stomach pain and ulcers. At high concentrations, it causes severe vomiting, diarrhea, and eventually corrosion of the stomach and internal organs. So in layman's terms, it's basically burning you from the inside out. So that's what was happening to Charles. What was strange about this is the doctors figured out what was going on based on his symptoms, but he was given no indication of how this might have happened, whether he suspected someone of poisoning him. He just kept quiet. I mean, in between vomiting as well. I'm like, well, the guy was probably pretty ill, but he could still communicate and right. they questioned and he just didn't give anything up. Another fact about antimony is that at the time, it was sometimes used in the treatment of alcoholism. And just to remind you, if it helps, that uh, Florence's previous husband had been a very heavy drinker. So it's possible that she had access to antimony and knew what it was used for. Now, um. Charles and Florence had a live-in maid called Mrs. Cox. She was also at dinner that evening Um she was the one to first come to Charles's aid because Florence had already gone to bed. Uh, so she comes to help him, wakes up Florence. Um, her original testimony was that Charles had told her in private that he may have accidentally taken some antimony that evening, but later she changed her statement. Mrs. Cox also had possible motive for killing Charles Bravo herself. What do you think her motive might have been? First of all, I'd like to know what she's doing in his bedroom. Ooh. 
I was I was gonna say, what does Palm think about this? Because like huh. this is proper. This is like we've got what I mean. If a if a witness changes their statement, what can that indicate? That they're lying in the first place, or they've decided that they want to either protect or incriminate somebody else. Okay, but, but what is this woman doing in his bedroom? If he's got she's... a wife in the bedroom next door, yeah, so she's not in the husband's bedroom, but this this strange woman is. Yeah. Well, it's plausible, I mean, just from, because again, so many theories, that she might have been the one responsible for putting water on his bedside table. That might have been part of her job oh, in the evenings so it was to make It sure. wouldn't be inappropriate or whatever. Did but you say that he would... the water in before he went to bed? She wouldn't go in his bedroom when he's sleeping and, you know... Right. Yes, she would have put it in before, but then apparently, as as she told it, she heard that he was in distress, so went to his aid didn't know what was going on and then went and woke up Florence. not buying that, not buying that. <laughs> i love it because yeah. yeah. the servants would have been li- living either in the attic or in the cellar right well hubby and mis- mr and mrs would yeah be so how would bedroom. she hear it yeah oh boy um, unless she's in the bed with him well, yeah. <laughs> and in terms of, I think the question was like, why would she want to <laughs> yeah, potentially kill him? Yeah, what's her motive? Oh, okay. Then. If no, she's no, gonna... but, but no, 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 because that perhaps... feeds in. So if they're having an affair, that's a motive. No, again, because I hadn't questioned this at all. I'm like, oh, yeah, she puts the water there. That's her job. And she heard him. And I never questioned that. Wow. Interesting. So, yeah, why might she want to kill Charles? I mean, he sounds like a grade A dickhead. Like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe that is a given. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe (laughs) she just had had enough of him because I think if he's abusive to the wife, he's probably going to be even more abusive to the help. You know, like he's that kind of guy. Um, Also, like as soon as you said that about her saying that he'd told her that he'd taken some antimony, it makes me think that she was potentially. And what Palm said about like trying to protect someone else mm. that if she is trying to protect the wife because she thinks the wife might have done it it makes sense for her to go like oh no no he said or oh, he said he had some of that that was that was what he said so that feels like it's it's protecting the wife right, right. so maybe he and wants him yeah go who on does she belong to does she belong like mrs cox was she originally the wife's mrs cox or was she hubby's mrs cox Oh, I you know, think did she, she used to be the nanny or something an when she's grown up with them? Yeah. yeah. I think she was new to both of them because they move into this priory. That's the marital home. Oh, you're home. making it up now, Taylor. <laughs> you're making it up just to make it more difficult. How do you know? <laughs> How can you tell? So they buy a house and it comes with this woman. This woman's in yeah, there Yeah, did they it. interview her together? She must no, have I an allegiance figured. to one of them. I mean, or maybe okay. they bought the house with her in it, so she comes as part of the. She's property. part of the yeah, part of the bedroom. I'm almost hundred percent sure now that she's a ghost. I know that's where my head went. I was like, if she comes with the house, she's not even alive. It's a very good question. You're right. I sort of made up the answer, but I just figured they'd moved into this house and then they both interviewed her and. So you did make it up. <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, to be fair, that is what we do. How do you define making something up? It felt like it, it, I answered from the heart. That's, that's, <laughs> all, that's all I can do. It's a good point, though, because like we, um, yeah, I guess we, we, we don't know. But maybe we're going to find out a bit more when we know why she wants to kill him. Um, that mm. might tell us a bit more about who this is. Well, we uh, haven't got to is. the bottom of I still don't even understand why Florence and Charles got married. 
Did Florence have to, because of all the scandals, she needed to quickly look legitimate? I just don't get why she'd marry this horrible man. And maybe she's just traumatized. I know that's, that's not a the really, question. That's a really fair question. And yeah, it's interesting, the idea that what if she did it just to look legit just to make I'm it gonna go be a away, proper woman like, it's a barrister you know look, he was a very well respected man I even though he was a great doctors, a doctors but look I'm married to a barrister now right 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 why would a why would a servant want to kill because like you know is she in the will why would she is it revenge does she benefit why would Mrs Cox want to kill Charles is she pregnant Blimey. these are all depressingly yeah. credible guesses yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> depressingly credible basically that's my new that, favorite that's a, that's a new book title depressingly credible <laughs> that should, that, that we've, we found a new catchphrase we like a catchphrase yeah. balm and depressingly credible that's that's a new one i love it i like having to announce a catchphrase rather than just letting it catch on like, we no. can't just let it happen things aren't organic you have to curate them come on this is podcasting uh <laughs> Charles had basically, he was a grade A asshole and he was just known to be cruel to pretty much every human being and right. animals and like just horrible man. We called it. You definitely called it. Oh God, and it. animals too. But sp- that's what it said and then Keep it didn't go into detail. Keep away from animals. Who's letting him near animals? What's he doing with the animals? They probably had pets. I don't know. Ugh. He's not a good man. Did they have a lockdown puppy? Did he abuse the lockdown puppy? That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Are all the squirrels in his area dead? Because this is this guy's a psychopath. Yeah, if you go to Ballum now, you do you don't hear birdsong. <laughs> he sounds like a hedge stealer, if you ask me. Grade A hedge thief. Oh my god, he stole the hedge to lure some more animals. I bet it was his descendant who stole. I the think hedges. so too. You said that antimony um, is like a prickly plant. Mm. That makes me think it's got something to do with It's the... not a prickly plant, it's a mineral. <laughs> Wait, you said it had prickles on it. No, it's a mineral, but if you can picture how it forms in nature, it's very spiky. Oh, that's oh, awesome. No, I was literally you imagine... said it was a cactus, I heard. I was literally <laughs> imagining it into be like some kind of plant, a bit like, you know, in Breaking Bad when they find that, I can't remember what it is, but that stuff that kills the person. Yes. It's yes, almost yes, like yes. Hannah didn't listen again. I'm genuinely so interested in this. No, it is a really pretty mineral so though, and we will definitely show pictures. Was he actually a barrister or was he a hedge trader? Oh, yeah! I I see what you did. (laughs) He had threatened to sack Mrs. Cox. Oh, it's as simple as that. He just was constantly firing and firing. Why was he going to sack her? What had she done? Do you want me to make it up and look like I know what I'm talking about, or should I just say I'm not sure? (laughs) That was really disturbing. That you knew that I was. Oh, I don't. Of I feel really. I killed everybody. It was me. It makes it me want to Taylor. confess things it I haven't Taylor. done. <laughs> she's not. She's not a reliable witness. <laughs> that is interesting. That's an interesting move. I don't think it's Mrs. Cox because I think that if you're worried for your job, you don't kill your employer. Like that just seems really stupid. Well, so that's interesting, too, Hannah. Because then the missus will keep you on. Yes. Okay. Yes. Or whatever her name is, will keep you on. Yeah. Florence is a very powerful. Florence will keep you on. She's she's very powerful for the time. She's very powerful for the time. Other than being chronically ill and she's uh, getting kind of so. Oh my god! Is Mrs. Cox poisoning her too? How long does she live after Charles dies? Mm, I. 
hold hold the thought there of where you're going. I just want to tell you one more bit of information, which is kind of out there, but because there's lots of theories about who's behind this, one possibility obviously is that obviously I say it's because I obvious because I read it. It's that <laughs> Florence and Mrs. Cox were working together because they both had a vested interest in getting rid of this guy. He's horrible. Um one reason it's been disputed on a financial level, i.e. the idea that Florence could have paid Mrs. Cox to do this horrible thing, mm. is that it was later discovered that Mrs. Cox was heir to a fortune in the West Indies. So yeah. she actually didn't have money worries. Huh. Did she know she was heir to that? Or was it like an air hunters thing on Channel 4 where they like found her and... <laughs> They think she knew. Wow. Then why was she working as a servant then if she had loads of money? I don't know. Was she just biding her time till it comes through? This is all open to speculation. She's like she's like cousin Greg in succession. <laughs> Maybe she just she was just like she enjoyed poisoning people. Maybe she was like a serial yeah. poisoner person. She may not have known and then documents were found. She may have known but she had to reach a certain age or the person hadn't died yet and she well, had yeah, no she's... money so she had to work until that happened yeah not sure uh following two inquests into this case it was agreed that there had been a possible murder uh the doctors suspected that it had been a suicide because of the way he had behaved in hospital not talking about being suspicious of anybody and just sort of seeming resigned to was it. Was this the same doctor who did the abortion and who had no. the hair? No. These were definitely different Good question, Different though. doctors in the hospital. Um, Dr. Gully was a suspect, but only briefly because he had an alibi. He was nowhere near the area when any of this happened. But did he have access to the hospital? Well... Was Could it he just been involved on a different day the, again? Like the if he was supplying. didn't work out that way. Oh, hashtag awkward. <laughs> was the um, doctor having an affair with Mrs. Cox hey. and put her up to it? Yes. So many possibilities. <laughs> this is why we're still talking about this case so much, so much later. So it's interesting because they do this inquest and they agree. Yes, there might have been a murder here, but nobody is ever arrested. For the murder because of well, insufficient she, She's evidence. too posh. If you're going to go after a posh person, you've got to be able to bury them. <laughs> Katie's always said that. <laughs> this kind of leads into my, the big question, which is, what are your theories about what happened that evening? What do you think based is on it, what? Is this it now? This is it. We've got to make the decision now. So We've who's going to go to that? Call it on the cold case. you got to oh, call it. <laughs> And then I will tell you some of the theories that people have put forward, but I would love to hear where your heads are going with this. I, I, I'd like to, I don't know if you have this information, Taylor, but I'd love to know a little bit more about other factors that made them think it could be a suicide. Because him being a bit quiet and not dobbing anyone in for poisoning him, were there any, like, if he's this horrible guy that treats everyone badly... Does he possibly have some kind of, like, the rages? Are they part of a mental illness? Is he, you know, does he look depressive or, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, are there other factors that... But he might have been quiet because his gums are all swollen and he can't talk <laughs> and his tongue doesn't waggle about anymore. So he yeah. can't talk. Also, yeah, is, he get, is he still getting that sweet morphine? Because I'd be pretty chilled out if I was rubbing morphine into my gums, I think. 
No, I don't think they were treating his toothache while he was being eaten from the inside out. I'm just, I don't know Victorian medicine, <laughs> but I'm guessing they sort of ignored they, the gum they, thing. They've got rules. Um, he was like, my gums feel fine now because this is so bad. Yeah, that's a good way to get over the toothache is to like smash yeah. yourself in the knee or well, something. I, I don't care about my teeth anymore. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, I like... The suicide could be plausible, but I'd love to know a tiny bit more information. And I know we don't have it or whatever, but like that would be interesting as a theory. So basically, our choices are suicide, accident, Mrs. Cox kills him, or Florence kills him. There was, or I mean, Doctor Gully was a suspect technically, but he had an alibi. There was another guy that was too boring to talk about. Sorry, guy from history who had also worked there, but he he was long gone. He had already been fired, and it, I think he has an alibi. So, like people that pour over this case don't usually. It's her first husband who's getting revenge on her for leaving him. So, first husband kills second husband as I revenge. Even think of that. And is he trying to kill her too? Is her illness linked to this? Or you think he's just killing second husband? He's killing second husband, but he'd like to kill her as well, which is why she's chronically ill. But if she's not eating the dinner and drinking the same water, she's not, she's only going to be ill and she's not going to die. Interesting. So I reckon first husband's getting his own back because you can't leave a man like that. Because they're too angry. MP, yeah. yeah. Angry, beating her, having affairs left, right and centre. Like, oh, and he's and he's had an affair with Mrs. Cox, and he's put a Mrs. Cox up to it. Ooh. I'm going first husband and Mrs. Cox. Juicy. Okay, in conjunction. See, that's really good, <laughs> and it's not 100 percent dissimilar to mine. Mine is Charles <laughs> is yeah. trying to kill Florence, and that's why she's chronically ill. And then he thinks he succeeded, and he feels so guilty. He's now killing himself. So it's like a suicide, not a suicide pact because she doesn't know about it, but it's like, you know, those guys that like shoot their wife and then shoot themselves. It's like that, but with poison. Oh, that is a suicide pact. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, but she's not like said yes to it. He's just, oh, yeah. Okay. As a murder suicide, is it? Yeah, murder suicide. (laughs) Like, I can't have you, so no one else can or whatever. Okay. Okay. So it's like your one, but with a different perp. And it ends in suicide. Hannah George. Ah, I was thinking. It's all about the cactus, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe what it was is that he was was pricked by a... He's going to sleep for 100 years and actually he's alive. Um, Well, no, he woke up in 1997 (laughs) or whenever. Um, I've thought, like, because I know it sounded a bit stupid when I was like, oh, well, maybe it's because he's having the morphine that he's going like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't think anyone's done this to me. But the thing is, and you're telling me that he's getting eaten from the inside out, which suggests they might have given him more painkillers, right? Or do they not do any painkilling at um, hospitals in those days? That's a good question. Because part of me thinks that, like, because I thought that maybe it is his wife who basically sneaks in his morphine and gives carries on administering the morphine in his gums so that he just has this sort of chilled out thing until it kills him. Because that's the thing that's craziest, I think, about this. So he doesn't name her. Go on. Yeah, well, or that he doesn't really have time to think about what is happening to him. Mm. I think it was the wife, and she was, if she was allowed into the hospital to see him. But then why is she chronically ill then? 
And Who's killing she, her? Yeah, can she go in? Also, is she chronically ill because of an infection from this abortion? You know, like, is she slowly dying from some sepsis yeah. or something? Mm. Well, I shall tell you some of the theories. Um, also, interestingly, Agatha Christie wrote about this case. Like, I bet it, she bloody did. It has just, you know... It got very sensational. It was exciting. Exciting where you can drop the Agatha Christie name. <laughs> One interesting theory, uh, Katie, you really got this, actually, because this is a very popular theory, is that Charles was actually poisoning Florence because that was the only way he would ever get her money is if she died. Oh. Because she had held on to it. With a um, prenup. Yeah, the prenup. So... He would have to make it look like a chronic illness so that nobody was suspicious. And again, in small doses, this just makes you ill. And they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her, which in Victorian times. So but that then, is, does he mm. accidentally take it? Or is because my theory was guilt, but then is it an accident that he consumes it too? Or is it Mrs. Cox gone? Sorry, I've been interrupting. Well, no, that so it's this is where it kind of splits off. Some people think it was an accident because of the form that it would have been in, because it wouldn't have been the mineral, mineral, it would be a powder and that there might have been a powder that was like the antidote to it in case too much was taken and that huh. maybe they got mixed up and that there was this accident I just like when when i take like if i take two glasses of water for, to bed for me and toby and if like one of them had poisoning <laughs> i would definitely forget by the time i've walked the sort of five <laughs> meters from the kitchen to the bedroom which one left which hand one? left hand oh god oh, which yeah. hand and was maybe, it maybe that's what happened is Hannah, sort of like... why is there a post-it note on this glass <laughs> That says fine. Nothing. <laughs> but why would he be taking water up to his missus when he's got a servant who would be doing that? Ooh, and he's a, he's a wife beater. He's not the kind who gives water. He, to yeah, missus, that's so true. So Mrs. Cox has to be in on it, or he's meddling in the kitchen. How would Mrs. Cox not know? Mm-hmm. And that, unless she's in his bedroom at the time that he's in the kitchen, right? Yeah. She's not looking good for Mrs. Cox, actually. There's a no. lot of there's a lot of blame put on Mrs. Cox. The more really? that people have looked at, at this, that she was at the very least an accomplice, right, to Florence, and that they had kind of planned this together. But she's the one that you know put it in the water, got the water in there. But yeah, who gets the money know. if they both die? They've got no kids. Who gets the money if they both die? They used to bequeath it to cats' homes, dogs' homes. He <laughs> hates animals. And and <laughs> it's Battersea cats and dogs. Yeah. They did it. <laughs> I have no idea where her money would have gone. Presumably there are other family members that might be right. there. So Mrs. Cox isn't in line for it, basically. That's not the... No, I don't think... As far as I know, she had no claim to... Florence's fortune. Okay. She I just love happened that. to Unless have this. Florence's fortune was in the West Indies and that was what she was here <gasps> to. Oh, imagine. So that's what she was going to get. Yeah. And she was just waiting for Florence to die. That would be such an amazing twist. That is what you said, Taylor. You said she was waiting for someone to die. (laughs) Yeah. That would, see, that's now it's a Twilight Zone episode. (laughs) It's like, you wanted me to help you kill someone, but that person is you. (laughs) I feel like we solved it. It just, we don't know which thing we said that was right, but one of the things is right. So that's basically everything. (laughs) If we say everything, then we've solved it, right? That's an amazing case. Um, it's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? Um, I guess the main question we have is, Parm, do you think the Met would hire any of us just for watching <laughs> this? Like, if we send the video 
just a I clip. I reckon that you could do a better job than some of the detectives that they have got in the organisation at the moment. So I think, yes, go for it. Absolutely go for it. Whoa. Send them the bit where I thought um, antimony was a plant. Send them that bit. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah just comes in with a cactus. I found some. <laughs> Sold it, guys. So here's to Balam. Yes. Drunk women solving crime. It is time for our final segment on the podcast where we read out a listener crime. This has been sent in from Bex and she says, Hello, drunk women. The crime I need help solving took place in July 2020. My husband and I were both back at work after lockdown when I received a phone call from my dog walker asking if I was having renovations done. When I answered no, she said, Oh, then I think you've been burgled. I arrived home to find the front door had been kicked in and every electronic thing we owned had been taken. They'd luckily missed an envelope of 1,000 pounds that I had hidden badly in a drawer, which I take as a win. We were the only house on the street that had been broken into, even though my husband noted that his was the last car to leave that morning. And it seemed everyone else had gone back to work that week, too. My little Cocker Spaniel, Bella, now known as the worst guard dog in the world, was there the whole time. (laughs) Luckily, bless, that would totally be my dog who's right behind me, like, would not be a guard dog at all. Um, Luckily, even though the door had been broken open, she hadn't run away and the burglars hadn't stolen her. Apparently, when the dog walker arrived, Bella came trotting over, totally unfazed like nothing had happened. We never caught the burglars, and the police said we probably never would, but I need you drunk women to answer the following questions. Who were the burglars? Had they been watching the house and waiting for us to leave? Or did they just happen to drive past and spot an empty street? Or was it, in fact, one of the neighbors knowing our routine and to get in and get out before the dog walker arrived? And more importantly, what did the dog do? Did she greet them at the door, but they seemed non-threatening? Or was she smart enough to sense they weren't friendly and stayed hidden until they left? What do we think? I have a suspicion right away, which makes me feel bad. My my gut is that they were being watched. It's a bit of a coincidence. It's the first day they're all back at work. Yeah. And then suddenly that happens that, and then they like, Oh, luckily the dog walker hadn't, I don't know. It feels a bit like somebody knew. I don't know. Oh, I've got a theory. It's it's an inside job. (gasps) Hubby wants new electronics. Ah! And it's a way to get everything replaced. (gasps) New TV, new new music system. That's amazing. It's an inside job. That's great. Who wouldn't the dog bark at? Who would just... uh, Maybe not the worst guard dog in the world, (gasps) but maybe... Had a little play with the dog, locked it back into the kitchen. Yes! Bex, yeah. we're sorry, but again, this is former chief superintendent <laughs> yeah, so of the Metropolitan Police. Definitely so what happened. Sorry if this makes things awk. Yeah. Wow. And she will be round in the morning to arrest your husband because we've got Just so we can throw can you other people. If we had that power, that would be so great. <laughs> Just so we can throw additional people under the bus. I immediately suspected the dog walker because. Oh, really? Well, this. I don't know. This is that. Who knows their movements Another better than the dog the walker? Dog didn't bark and alert anyone else. Yeah, no, the dog was fine. And also, you get the phone call. Are you getting renovations done? A kicked-in door. 
Are you getting Ooh. renovations done? Look into your dog walker. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> the maybe they don't want to lead with I think you've been broken into. But yeah, okay, I hear it. Isn't there is there a thing about the fact that that, that like <laughs> I love making up statistics. Like ninety percent of um, <laughs> of people who like find the body are generally the murderer. Maybe it might not be that high, but I heard a stat <laughs> about that. And what's the that, real stat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great stat. If only that was true. Your job would have been so much easier. Most bodies are found by dog walkers. Well, there we go. Yes. (laughs) Wow, dog walkers are pieces of shit, guys. No, No, but but that's interesting, isn't it? Because this isn't a dog walk crime, you know, outside. But this this was found by a dog walker. (laughs) Bodies, bodies. Was there a body in the house by any chance? Most bodies are found by dog walkers. Do you know, and I've only just recently become aware of this, and it makes perfect sense because who else is out in the morning in remote areas with something that smells? Yeah, and now I'm so freaked out because I'm very new at dog ownership, and I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna find a body. (laughs) Yeah, like statistically, how likely are we as as a dog owner? (laughs) What, like twenty percent, one percent? Katie, I know you're asking me, so. Well, according to Hannah, it's 90%. So it's 90% <laughs> chance you, you are going to find a body when you go out for a walk with your dog. Right. Do you know what? This if you just got a lot stat, less relaxing. Always go for 90 because that makes it an impressive stat no matter what it is. <laughs> is that wow. like 9 out of 10? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 9 out of 10 times. Also, isn't it brilliant that people get dogs to like help their mental health and, <laughs> and they just find dead bodies? <laughs> yeah. So, Bex, we've either broken up your marriage ruined your relationship with your dog walker or made you scared to take your own dog for a walk so you're welcome and keep sending us your crimes guys because we Thanks, will sort the- thank you Bex. we will definitely Sorry, make things better and not worse this segment almost always ends with an apology it's just <laughs> we should have a little sound bite like we're sorry it's what the people want it's, yeah. It's also, like, we normally blame the mother, don't we? So, Bex, where was your mum yeah. at this moment? Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's not in the clear. <laughs> <laughs> now we have just enough time to ask Parm. Can you tell us what you're up to? Where can we find you? What have you got going on? I hope that you can talk about your book a little bit, which sounds amazing. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I left after thirty years, and then I decided to write a book which is more about being um, cathartic and, you know, you compartmentalise all parts of your life. Ooh. And um, for me, um, born and brought up in Birmingham, 15 years old, I had a forced marriage. 21 years old, I had a child and I was divorced. Wow. And then I joined the police service. So it's it kind of, it's like a, a chronology or a jigsaw that I'd never actually put together. Wow. wow. And then the first time I actually read the book, because it's co-authored, I hadn't actually realised that that was my story, huh. and it was a bit of a wow. it was a bit of an eye opener for me as well. Um, loved every moment of it because it was meeting the co-author with drinks, wine, right? <laughs> wine, drinks, you know. Good. And so it was a great experience doing it. And um, next week we've got a book signing in Bridport, and ah. we're doing various book signings and bits and pieces. Oh, great! And obviously, I've done the Murder Island, and I'm hoping that there'll be more opportunities going forward. Yeah. yeah. The the book is called <laughs> Black and Blue, One Woman's Story of Policing and Prejudice. 
Um, And it really does look amazing just because I can't, I just can't even imagine the ceilings you had to smash through to get to where you got to. I have to to say, I really enjoyed my career and hand on my heart, I would recommend policing to anybody who's thinking about joining. It's an absolutely amazing career choice. Really, really did enjoy it. I didn't enjoy every single day, but the majority of the time I did enjoy it. And there were challenges and battles and I fought them and I won. So I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Incredible. There's some incredible policing in policing and they they do an incredibly hard job. Yeah. Where's the best place to follow you to find out what else you have going on? Is it Twitter or? I'm on Twitter and I'm on LinkedIn as well. And okay. uh, we, oh, like my agents, I've got, I've got, I've got agents. <laughs> nice. I never thought I'd say that. Uh, <laughs> my, my agents, um, are, there's two incredible ladies in the night, night eight and made management agency. Oh, and uh, they look after all of that sort of stuff for me. Okay. Yeah. They tell and who, me what to do, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, who are you on Twitter? At Supt Palm, S-U-P-T Palm. And the okay. reason it's still got my rank in there is because that was my private Twitter account, which I set up about 10, 15 oh, years ago. Oh, and wow. I didn't want to lose some of the photos and things. Oh. So I just kept it at that. So yeah. it, it's short for Superintendent Palm, which is what I was at the time. Oh, that's, that's so cool. cool. That's, that's really great. Cool. Do you like doing TV? Are you hoping for, for more opportunities like that? Because you I seem so comfortable in that medium. It's like you're yeah. just made for it. Well, I loved the TV thing. I really did. Yeah. But I do think that there should be four of you, not just the three of you. And I am available. So <laughs> just, just putting it out there. I like it. Okay. Do you know what? We should do that. Like every episode, we should just like send it to you before it goes out. And then we actually get a kind of proper view on what could well, have no, happened. Should, it's great to have somebody with proper intel. I've yeah. really, I've loved I'm, this. I'm not so sure about the proper intel because... <laughs> You seem to know more about the 1860s because I wasn't around then. And we Hannah's are actually got, vampires. Got, <laughs> I was going to say, Hannah's got the, um, the st- statistics with the 90 out of 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hannah, Hannah is, yeah, on top of all of that. I'm ve- very knowledgeable when it comes to uh, statistics I I've made, made up. I made up stats. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sad to sad to find out that I really am a terrible liar. Um, but it's good. It's good to be honest with yourself. Parm, thank you so very much for being with us. This has been so much fun. And um, yeah, we hope to see you again. Yeah. When you join thank us you as so the fourth drunk woman. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then please write it in that review and we'll solve it. Thank you so much to ACAST for hosting us and thank you for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.